Heyo! Welcome to Build to Be You. My name is Michaela, and I am so pumped that you're here. I made this podcast so you can uncover what it means to be you and learn how you can fully step into your potential while trying to navigate your 20s, overcoming previous failures, learning to face your fears, dance with your emotions, and take messy action in order to build and become the best you. You can expect a little bit of mixed up love and a whole lot of real talk. But let me just say, this journey is so much more fun with a bestie. So buckle up and let's do it together. Hello, my Built to Be You friend. Welcome back to this three, potentially four-part series all about self-sabotage. If you haven't yet, go listen to last week's episode all about self-sabotage in your career. It was juicy, it was fiery, and I've got so much positive feedback from you guys on the episode specifically. But before we dive into the juice of today's episode, I wanted to remind you to jump onto my text list by texting 515-400-3503. You can text your favorite emoji throughout the week. I just text you inspiration, daily motivation, journal prompts, really just whatever is going through my mind or is on my heart and is helping me in real time because I know that it's gonna help you too. For example, last week's um, text that I sent out was if you find yourself with downtime or free space in your day that feels uncomfortable because you're used to always being on go mode, your initial reaction might be to fill with being or staying busy, but what if you could just slow down and just be instead? So think about how those reminders, when they pop into your life at the times that you didn't know that you needed them, and they just remind you to be present where your two feet are. And again, it's usually things that I'm navigating in real time. So it's just also a glimpse into my life, a way for me to connect deeper with you. Again, you can join the text list by texting 515-400-3503. But Let's dive into what I want to talk about today, self-sabotage part two in your routines. And this is one of the most requested episodes when I asked the other day on Instagram. So here we are talking about self-sabotage in your routines, how it might be showing up in your life and what you can do to navigate that. So last week we chatted about self-sabotage in your career. So if you haven't yet, again, go check out the episode. But just to recap, what our good old pal trusty Google says is the definition of self-sabotage. It's undermining your success despite your own wishes, dreams, or values. So you're like, okay, Michaela, how does this fit in with your routines? Routines are used to support your energy, dreams, values, wishes, wants, goals, etc. So it's really important that you have routines that make you feel good, that support you in the season that you're in. It gives you this kind of superpower that makes you feel like, oh my gosh, I can take on whatever life throws at me. You know, like I am rolling through this week. I am crushing through my, like I'm crushing my daily routine. I'm crushing my workout routine. I'm crushing my morning routine or my nighttime routine or my skincare routine. And you know, you can think back to a certain season or a certain moment where you were crushing your routine and you just felt on cloud nine. It's this deposits into your confidence bucket that your routine gives you. And we all search for, you are searching for that quote unquote perfect routine. You know, the one that makes an IG reel look aesthetic, that is cookie cutter the same every single day. The one that just plops our dreams right into our laps. That one that makes us quote unquote, have our lives together. That is my favorite favorite line that so many of my nurse coaching clients use is like, I just want to feel like I have my life together. And here's the thing about routines. They are simply another tool in your toolbox. Are they important? Absolutely. Are they the end of your existence if you don't have them? Probably not. You might be a little bit more scatterbrained, a little bit less organized, and a little bit more all over the place, but you can still get by without them. And routines to me help me stay rooted in the foundational habits that help me as a coach, nurse, leader, friend, girlfriend, entrepreneur. I know the power of routines, but I also know that they are simply just tools. 
Once I quit creating resistance around my routines and I really stayed open to letting my routines be what they need to be in the season they're in, I realized that routines get to be fun. They get to support you. That when they don't happen, it doesn't mean that I am a failure or I am bad. It just means that maybe in this season or in this certain moment or in this certain day, I need to be supported in a different way. And my friend, since we're talking about self-sabotage, here are some ways how you might be self-sabotaging your own routines. You think that it has to look the same every single day. You try to cookie cutter mold your routines based off of what you see somebody else doing. You think that a routine has to be this intricate 10-step process. You have no way to hold yourself accountable or track your progress. You make it like slam your head against the freaking wall, boring, like I want to stab my eyeballs out. You come from a place of shame or guilt when you're creating your routines or you're creating the ideas of your routines. You try to change everything all at once. Whew. That's a lot of ways that self-sabotage can creep into your routines. So this episode is loaded. It is a lot of information, but it's what we're going to dive into today. And you know what? It's funny. I was <laughs> talking to my friend the other day and she's like, Michaela, like, how do you outline your podcast? And like literally in my brain, the way that I outline podcasts is I'm like, the backstory or like, what do I want you to understand going into this episode? And then I literally write out meat and potatoes, (laughs) like the juicy part of the episode, the tangible tactical information, like the, oh, it's going to hit you right in the soul where you didn't know you need to be hit type of moment. And then like, you know, just like the recap. So anyways, now that I, (laughs) now that I've shared with you how I outline my podcast, we are going to dive into the meat and potatoes of today's episode, the parts that are really important that are going to be the tangible tactical tools for you to walk away with. And the first one being the most magical routine, like bippity boppity boop, you want to find the routine that's going to change your damn life. Guess what? It's the one that you actually do. I don't care what Sally Sue on Instagram is doing. I don't care what you see me doing in my morning routine or my post 12 hour shift routine. I want you to think about the routine that you're actually going to show up for. And as you're thinking about the routines that you wanna create in your life, start with the end goal in mind. And this is something that I say all the time to my clients, people who slide into my DMs, is how do you wanna feel when you lay your head on your pillow at night? Do you do you wanna feel frazzle-brained or stressed or overwhelmed? Probably not. Do you want to lay in bed feeling calm, cool, and collected? Do you want to lay in bed and feel like, you know, you were accomplished throughout your day? Do you want to lay your head on your pillow and be like, oh my gosh, like I'm so proud of myself today. Whatever it is, that feeling that you want to have when you lay your head on your pillow at night, start with your end goal in mind and then reverse engineer the routines, habits, things, people, experiences that are going to help support you in achieving that feeling. For example, I think about my life in a 12-hour shift day when I lay my head on my pillow at night, I want to feel like I was able to show up as the best nurse that I could, where I was engaged and present with my patients but also like I didn't give every last ounce of energy that I had. And when I look at my day, I'm like, okay, what routines do I need to set into play to help me achieve that feeling? For example, my morning routine is crucial to me creating that pre-shift energy so that way I can be radically present with my patients and feel like I was engaged, like I did make a difference, like our our interactions were transformational, not just transactional. And through a lot of inner work, 
and a lot of just listening to what it is that I need, I've been able to carve out those routines. And the most magical routine is one that you have fun doing. And one of my nurse coaching clients shared this the other day, they're like, Michaela, I just know myself. I know that I am somebody who loves to check mark the boxes. And you know what I started doing? I started giving myself stickers for accomplishing habits. And they were like, I feel so silly, but like when I was a child and I had a chore chart, I was so excited about putting that sticker on the chore chart. So think back to that inner child version of you and really channel that inner child version of you and ask yourself, like how did you enjoy being rewarded was it you know worthy affirmation did you like that validation like that verbal validation from other people how can you ask the people in your life like hey I'm trying to start this new routine do you care if I text you when I do said routine and can you just like give me some love give me some encouragement give me some hype and like if you don't have somebody in your life that's willing to do that for you girl I am here for you always because I think it's so important to learn how to find to find ways to make routines fun and to celebrate yourself in the process. Because when you learn to celebrate yourself in that process, you really do start to build momentum and that feel good feeling. You're like, this is so silly. This is so obnoxious to so many other people, but hey, I'm having a good time doing it. And something that I'm doing in real time is like, I'm taking myself back. Like I didn't even have a chore chart when I was a kid, but I made myself a chore chart because I like my biggest red flag toxic trait is leaving dishes in the sink when I go to bed at night and then I wake up the next morning and I'm just like pissed off at the world. I'm like, why are these dishes in my sink? And I'm like, oh wait, you're the problem, but you're also the solution. So I wanted a way to visually track like how many nights per week am I going to bed where dishes are not in my sink. And also having that chore chart right above my sink, I'm able to see like, hey girl, you didn't get a sticker today. Put those damn dishes away. It's going to take you five seconds. So it's really important to find a way to make it fun. And on the flip side of that, have a way to hold yourself accountable for the routines that you're doing. Have a way to visually track your progress. It serves as not only a belief book and a momentum builder, but also for a way to call yourself out, you know, call yourself out on your BS. You're like, hey, Michaela, or hey, sis, you only have one, two, three, four stickers for this week when your goal was seven, right? And it's really important to be able to track your progress because then you're able to reflect and look back and be like, okay, this is what's working. This is not what's not working. For example, maybe part of your morning routine is like you want to read every single morning for 10 minutes or 10 pages or whatever that said goal might be. And then it's Sunday and you look back on your week, you're like, hey, I didn't check mark any of the boxes. So is this habit or is this routine of reading 10 pages a day actually important to me? And if it is, how can I make sure that I make it a non-negotiable, that I make time for it in my life? And a lot of times, I think what's really powerful about this tracking component, you know, it's not just about celebrating yourself, but it's about being able to reflect and ask yourself, like, does this really matter? Is this actually that important? Does this really deserve time, energy, bandwidth in my schedule? And if you're consistently not doing something, chances are it's not your magical routine. It's not the one that you're showing up for or the one that you're actually doing. So why are you putting that pressure on yourself to do it, right? And I want to talk about this because it's been something that's on my heart, on my heart a lot recently, that routines are tools, not chains. You know, a lot of times people set, let's say a five-step pre-shift morning routine, and then they like anchor themselves to that routine. And it's like, 
all in or all nothing. If I don't do this, then I am a failure. And it's really important to know that your routines are not always going to look the same. Just as seasons change outside as you transition from summer to fall, temperatures get cooler, the outfits you wear, you know, the habits and the hobbies that you do, the the experiences that you have, they're different, right? And that's for a reason. It's because you were not meant to do the same thing and operate the same level through every single season. Like imagine if you wore the same like crop top and booty shorts through every single season. If you're somebody who lives in like the Midwest and you have those like really harsh and really beautiful seasons, like girl, you know that you don't want to be doing that. So why are you telling yourself that your routine has to look the same in every single season? And one thing that I think is so important is that you have the ability to adapt your routine to the season that you're in. Maybe it's a change of jobs. Maybe it is the change of the seasons outside that maybe you're a morning runner and now that the sun rises not until 7.30, 8 o'clock in the morning, you have to shift your routine to reflect that. And when you learn that you can be rigid in your goal but flexible in your approach, you bless and release so much pressure from yourself. Your goal can be to work out five days a week, but let's say one morning you miss your alarm. Hey, you're a human. That's okay. You still have six other days throughout your week to make that goal happen. So again, you can be rigid in your goal, but flexible in your approach, knowing that you are going to ebb and flow. Your energy is going to ebb and flow. You are going to have a schedule that ebbs and flows. And you have to learn to not create resistance around that, but instead to lean in and to work with that, to realize that, you know, by always putting fists up and fighting at your schedule is not going to be productive for you. And one way that I've done this in my own life is my last travel nurse assignment, I had over a 55 minute commute. That was not setting me up for success to have a 10 minute commute to the gym, a 50 minute workout, and then a 10 minute commute home, right? So I said, okay, how can I meet myself in this season that I'm in? It's really important to me that I get daily movement in, but I know that that's not gonna look the same as it did in the previous season that I was in. So I said, okay, how can I still meet my goal of getting five days of movement in? And that looks like I literally bought a spin bike for my like office space extra room. So that way I could still get that movement in on those days and not have to sacrifice sleep or to sacrifice time and energy before commuting for 30 minutes or 50 minutes. So that's just one example. And that's really important to realize that Again, with certain seasons, you're gonna have to shift and change your routine. And when you look at your routines and the things that you want to accomplish, and this is something that I've been working a lot through with a lot of my nurse coaching clients is, are you creating this routine out of a place of shame and guilt or genuine desire? Is it from a place of should or I'm being an asshole to myself to show up for this or do you actually want to do it? Are you creating or desiring or putting this idea of this routine in your head out of comparison from what you see somebody else on Instagram doing or Facebook doing? And another question to ask yourself is what you were trying to implement sustainable. And when you come from a place of shame or guilt, and I I think this is so powerful because when, for example, let's use morning movement as an example, you know, are you using morning movement as like your punishment to get out of bed? You're like, I have to get out of bed. I have to be at the gym by 510. I have to live for 50 minutes. Otherwise I suck. You know, I'm a terrible person. I'm not going to ever be fit. I'm never ever going to accomplish my goals. And then it's like, 
when your alarm goes off, when you're being that assholeish to yourself, like, are you really going to show up? Do you actually want to be there? Probably not. And so it's really important to identify as you're planting these seeds of routines that you could potentially be doing in your own life, is it something that you actually want to do that you're really excited about? Or are you just being a straight asshole to yourself, telling yourself that you should do this or that you have to do this? And knowing that you can't go from zero to 100. There is so much power in habit stacking and picking one thing to focus on and get really good at. And this is something that I work a lot with on my nurse coach, with my nurse coach clients on is like, okay, you want to create a pre-shift routine. How can you start with just 10 minutes a day? Like moving your alarm up 10 minutes earlier and filling that 10 minutes of space with just one habit, just one task. You know, maybe it's jumping on a mini trampoline for 10 minutes. Maybe it's walking your dog for an extra 10 minutes. Maybe it's reading for 10 minutes. Maybe it's just 10 minutes of space to not scroll social media and sip on your morning cup of coffee. And it's those little things that are really easy to do, but also really easy not to do. And we think that routines have to be this deep, intricate thing when really a routine can be one simple, small habit, one simple task. And then as you get really good at that and you gain consistency and momentum in that, then you can build on top of that. So as you're sitting here searching for the most magical routine, I want to remind you that the most magical routine is the thing that you are actually going to do. Doesn't matter what somebody on Instagram is doing. It doesn't matter what you're shaming yourself into doing or what you're guilting yourself into doing or what you feel like you should be doing. Because if you're not having a hell yes, heck of a fun time doing it, why why are you showing up for it? If you don't have a way to hold yourself accountable and visually track your progress, is it something that you're actually really into? Is it something you're actually, you know, really excited about or something that's really important to you? And know that routines are tools, not chains. You don't have to anchor yourself to that routine. It doesn't have to be the end all be or you're not a failure or less than because you don't accomplish it. Know that you have to be, you can be rigid in your goal, but flexible in your approach. You're still going to get to the end goal, but it might just look different than you originally planned. And that's the power of routines is building a system and habits to help support you and your energy and your desires and your goals in the season that you're in. And knowing that starting small, like don't ever underestimate the power of starting small and knowing that big change, big dreams, big goals get accomplished by that small start. One small habit could completely shift the trajectory of the rest of your life. And I say that from a place of genuine like desire and cheering for you because it is so true. I think back, okay, I'm going to give you one little last backstory and then we'll jump off today's episode. But I think back to nursing school, Michaela, like circa day, let's say 2017, 2018. And I had purchased a gym membership. I was paying $60 a month for it. I was on a college student budget. I was no way did I need to be paying that much money for a gym membership. But I was like, oh, if I buy the gym membership, I'm for sure going to go. And you know what? That gym was literally a hop, skip and a jump from the front door of my apartment. And I went maybe one or two times a week. And I was like, I don't feel good about this. I'm trying to should myself into going to the gym. And I have absolutely no desire to leave my house at 5 a.m. when it's a crisp 15 degrees to go to the damn gym. Like, no desire. So I was like, okay, how can I make myself in the season that I'm in? And that was five or six years ago at this point now. And I started, I was like, okay, 20 minutes a virtual program, workout program is what I'm going to do. Transform 20 with Tishan, 
or Shanti, not too Shant, Shanti, who is my homeboy. And 20 minutes I spent with Shanti every single morning, six days a week before 6 a.m. clinical, before 6 a.m. CNA shifts, before 8 a.m. classes. And that was my one small habit. I might have rolled out of bed with like literally the rattiest bedhead and still in my pajamas, but I showed up to that space. And that was my first habit that I ever, ever built of a morning routine. And it's so funny to look back now because now my morning routine is like, yeah, 10 steps. It takes me an hour. But you know what? I didn't start with an hour morning routine. I started with simply 20 minutes. That was it. Boom, bang. So my my mission for you or my message for you is to start small. Pick one thing that you know that is going to help you achieve that end goal that you have in mind when you lay your head on your pillow at night and start there. Start small. Make it simple. Life is complicated enough. Don't overcomplicate it. There's enough assholes out there. There's enough people who are being rude. Don't conjoin or add to that energy because my friend, you are your biggest cheerleader. You are your biggest hype woman. And when you realize, again, I said this in the last episode about self-sabotage part one, your career is that when you realize that you are the problem, you also realize that you are the solution. So if you're sitting here self-sabotaging your routines by thinking that it has to look the same every single, every single day, you try to cookie cutter mold your routines based off of what somebody else is doing. You think that it has to be this 10 step process. You have no way to hold yourself accountable. You slam your head against the wall because you are so damn bored with what you are doing. You come from a place of shame or guilt, or you try to change everything at once, my friend, you are self-sabotaging the potential, the desires, the dreams, and the goals that you have inside of you, which your routines are going to help you to get there. So that is what I have for you today. If you love this week's episode, please tag me over on Instagram. Again, this was one of the most requested episodes is how to eliminate self-sabotage in your routines. And I hope that you found this week's episode helpful. I know that I am fired up because I know that routines are something that has been so foundational and so pivotal to me and my journey and my success and my habits and my energy. And I want the same to happen for you. So, oh, talk with my hands. I'm hitting my desk. If you want to chat about your routines and how you can create routines that are actually sustainable, that actually support you in the season you're in and meet you exactly where your two feet are, just slide into my DMs at Michaela underscore Robertson underscore. And I would love to chat with you, you know, kind of how to just hack your routines and to make them actually realistic for you. Before you go, I just wanted to let you know that I am so dang grateful that we are now on this journey through uncovering what it means to be you together. If you love this episode, make sure you share it with your friend or better yet, share it on social media and tag me so that way I know. Until next time, chat soon. 